Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Our Savior lives. He's alive. Thank you, Lord. Let's get our Bibles tonight, and uh, we're going to be launching a new series for Tuesday night for the next little while. Um, We're going to be talking about the Beatitudes, and so we'll be sharing from the book of Matthew chapter 5, but I want to direct you first to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. This is like a foundational text for our setting here. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, we should be able to quote that. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We would say attitude. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, He is launching into what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is the first word that he says. Blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you And persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. We're going to be talking about tonight our our first lesson is simply called Be Blessed. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the chance to study, to dive into. Help us, Lord Jesus, to to take some time over the next few Tuesday nights and teach about this in a way that it helps your people, Lord, grow, helps the 
Church of the living God, be blessed. And let us see you, Lord, for being the, the, the example of attitude, that we would have the right attitude, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, be blessed. Be blessed. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, through Matthew 7, verse 29, is called the Sermon on the Mount. Some will use the verses that we just read as the Sermon on the Mount. It's really the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Scholars believe that they have identified the location where Jesus preached this kingdom message known as the Horns of Hayton near Capernaum. Uh, when I had the opportunity to go to Israel, I saw that firsthand. And it, it was like a, the way the hill is, it's like a great amphitheater that his voice would carry for no telling how much because you had the water and then you had that natural amphitheater on the hill. Here Jesus ushers in a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new way of looking at scriptures. For it is later on in this sermon on the mount, this message on the mount, where he says, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. He says that several times, and what he is doing is that he is saying, this is the level of grace. Can I tell you the standard of grace is greater than that of the law? The standard of grace is greater than that of the law. But you have the power that they didn't have under the law. We have the power of the Spirit. I'm very concerned today of, of, of a startling trend that I see people talk about, and that is in the attempt to be biblical, we simply say, as they often use in scholastic and ecclesiastical way, uh, uh, that, that, that only the Word... Only Scripture, nothing else. But I know people who have studied the Scripture and nothing else for years and still don't have a clue of its interpretation because they do not have the Spirit to come down and reveal the Word. Many years ago when our family was in Mexico, we spent a summer when I was a boy in Mexico and... Uh, Throughout the week, my dad would help the missionary there build a building, a Bible college building, and then on the weekend they would go, and sometimes we would go with them to places uh, to preach and teach and have church. And So they went into this one village that it took two hours to get to the village. It wasn't that far, but the roads were horrible, and they had to walk a certain way, uh, a certain part of the way. But when they, when they went there one weekend, they had a service. And the power of God fell in, in, that, in that meeting, in that uh, uh, village there, and several received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And so they went back to that village two weeks later. And when they got to the village, that next service, the, the missionary had those that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit testify about what they have experienced in the last a uh, few days in the last couple weeks. 
And this one lady was in her 80s, had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and she stood and testified and held a, a worn-out Bible. You may have heard my dad tell this story, but, but she held an old worn-out Bible. And she says, 20 years ago, a white American lady came through my village handing out Bibles. And for 20 years, I've read this and couldn't understand it. But in the last two weeks, I've been able to understand it. Let me just tell you, you and I need the Spirit to come down on the Word to reveal what is the proper, proper interpretation. So Jesus sets out a new way, a new way of living, a new way of looking at Scripture, something that the Jews did not have the comprehension yet to understand. And so he opens up his message with a, an introduction of what we call the Beatitudes, nine blessing statements. The first word that come out of his mouth was blessed. Say it with me, blessed. The Beatitudes are these blessed statements describe the blessedness of those who have certain qualities or experiences particular to those belonging to the kingdom of heaven. If, if you get the concept, you get the blessing. If you get what he is saying and you receive the revelation of what he is saying, you get the blessing. Blessed are those that are such and such. Blessed are those that do such and such. Amen. And what I want to look at with you is that let's look at these as not as just simply the word beatitudes, but let's look at them at be attitudes. Be attitudes. Attitude matters. Attitudes of the kingdom matter. Attitude is an inward feeling that is expressed by an outward behavior. When you have an attitude, you ever watch, ever watch a child and, and, and they're doing something that makes you say, boy, they got a, and an attitude. You never know that they had an attitude if they didn't act in a certain way. And so Jesus is telling us if we want to be blessed, we need to have the right attitudes. We need to adopt kingdom attitudes, kingdom way of living, and it's not going to become out of GQ magazine. You're not going to get it off of YouTube. You're not going to get it off of the world's understanding. You can't get this at a university. You're only going to get it at the feet of Christ who said that Paul said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Attitude. I don't know if you have noticed lately, but we live in an unhappy world. I believe that COVID just poured gas on, on that fire of unhappiness. And, and I, I, get, I, get, I get so tempted, Brother Joe, when I go to Walmart to talk to everybody I see. I just want to smile at everybody. And if they're walking around this way, I want to go get closer to them. Because we, we, we've got so much unhappiness. You know, stay away from me. Don't get close to me. Don't get near to me. And people are unhappy if you wear a mask. And people are unhappy if you don't wear a mask. There are people that are happy if you get a shot. And there are people that are unhappy if you get a shot. And then you got some that are happy about this and unhappy about that. And the life that is lived before us today is people that's got everything in a prosperous nation. But they're unfulfilled in life. Unhappy. 
I've, I've talked to people in my ministry that has a good home. They got a, a, a nice house. They have nice cars. And they're unhappy. They, what they need is an attitude adjustment. Say amen. amen. Need an attitude adjustment. Amen. Because I need to line myself up, not with this self-absorbed world, but I need to line myself in my attitudes with what Christ did and how he lived. I don't want to be miserable. Do you? I, I don't want to be miserable. And, 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 and if, I ha- if I am miserable, chances are I got a miserable attitude. I've shared this years ago, but let me share this again about the man that had the handlebar mustache and his grandkids were visiting and he fell asleep in the living room and his grandkids went in the refrigerator and got some Lumberger cheese and they pushed it into his mustache while he was sleeping. And when he woke up, anybody ever smelt Lumberger cheese? Mm, that's nasty stuff. And so when he wakes up, he wakes up and he goes, whew, this living room stinks. He goes in the kitchen. This, this kitchen stinks. He walks into the, to, to, to the bedroom and he says, oh my goodness, this bedroom stinks. And he, he walks through the house and he says, this house stinks. He goes outside, takes a whiff, and he said, well, the whole world stinks. But that's the way our attitudes could be where we get to the point where, you know, everything is is nasty, everything is bad. I want to tell you, it's a good life living for the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My peace does come from him. My contentment and fulfillment doesn't come from any place but him alone. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be blessed. How about you? Our world today is obsessed with the superficial. They're obsessed with how things look. And the, the, the consensus is if you're rich, you're blessed. If you look to be prosperous and successful and wealthy, you're blessed. That's, that's the idea, and, and that's the, the, the thought. Uh, amen. Society admires the socialites and the popular people and the sports stars and the, the celebrities and the, and the diva actresses and actors who plaster the front cover of all the tabloids and magazines. It's like, that's successful. Then why are they committing suicide? Why are their marriages falling apart? Why are they having such stress and, and such mental issues, uh, amen, coming against them because money Money cannot buy you peace. Money cannot buy you contentment. As one superstar, a sports star, won the Super Bowl, and he said instead of partying, he went home and cried, put his hands in his face because he had reached the pinnacle of success in his his sports field. And he said, I feel nothing. I felt nothing. Amen. You know what? He made his way to a church, got baptized in Jesus' name, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. What is is it? Because there is something that this world cannot 
cannot give you. There is a joy that the world cannot give you. There is a joy that no amount of live streaming or uh, uh, movies or TV can get you. There is a joy that nothing can match, but neither can it take away. Amen, because the world didn't give it to me. (laughs) And what the world didn't give to me, the world can't take away. Praise his name. Today, false teachers spout things like, if you're a good Christian, if you give a lot of money, you're going to be blessed and prosperous. You're going to be totally in total wealth, total health, and total prosperity. Baloney. That is the theological word. Baloney. In Psalms 10 and 3, for the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhor. I want, I gotta have, I want, I gotta have. Amen. There is nothing wrong with the pursuit of happiness as long as it is done with the right attitude. It's all right to have wealth as long as it is done with the kingdom attitude. Amen. We find that while living in a splendid state of plenty, our world is upset and loathes itself and struggles with the grip of hopelessness. The number one, number one cause of death in teens is suicide. That's startling to me. The people that should have all the reason to live, all the reason to look forward to life, are feeling such demise and such disdain and such depression. Amen. Because they've not understood that there is an attitude that if you ever get in your heart, you'll be blessed. If there's an attitude that gets into your mind, you'll be blessed. Maybe you remember the name Helen Keller. Helen Keller had no reason to look positive in her world. Matter of fact, she was blind. I know that she was a mute, a mute and could not speak. And if my memory serves me right, she could not hear. But she learned language and communication by scratching on someone's hand and learn how to how to read with braille and learn how to go through life but this is what she said many persons have a wrong idea about what constitutes true happiness it is not attained through self-gratification but through fidelity or faithfulness to a worthy purpose a worthy purpose you know there would be a whole lot of people that would live a lot better if they realize if I don't get up and go to work, I'm not eating. If I can get up and go to work, I got a purpose. I got a, do you know why? Do you know why nations like India and a lot of nations in Africa could care less about global warming? Do you know why they could care less about it? Because they're worried about their next meal. They're in such poverty that they're worried. We're so blessed that we don't have that men's mindset. But I want to tell you, if you've got the mindset of Christ, you're going to have a worthy 
purpose. You'll have a reason to go to bed at night and a reason to get up the next morning. You'll have a reason to have a smile on your face when you don't feel it. You'll have a song in your heart when you cannot even express it. Help us, Lord, to know how to be blessed with the right attitudes. The quest for happiness is one that is elusive. You know, I think a lot of people in America think that the statement that says the pursuit of happiness really means the acquisition of happiness. That everybody's got the right to go get happiness. And no matter who they hurt, what they do, is that their right is to, it says pursuit. That to me is more important than the acquisition. The quest for happiness We leapfrog in our world today from one activity to another, from one relationship to another, from one purchase to another, from one job to another, from one quest to another, all looking to be able to say, I'm happy. From one relationship to another, from one marriage to another, from one one, uh, whatever you can think of, it's, it's a sense of discontentment. But when you understand that the very first message and the very first word that is recorded in the first sermon of Jesus Christ is happy, blessed, blessed, blessed. Oh, praise be to God. Now, what he says thereafter is brings confusion if you don't know the kingdom principles but blessed. How many are blessed in this house? How many are blessed right now when you think about your grandkids and you think about your family and you think about what God is doing? Hallelujah. I saw uh, 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 where, where Sister Spina posted on one of the services and said, Brother Mike was worshiping with us. Can't get to church anymore, but he's worshiping. You know who Brother Mike is? You remember Brother Mike? And, and he'll come with a cane and hoop and holler and make all of us feel like we're just, we're just bottom rung worshipers. Would to God that God would help us to have that mindset no matter where I'm at. If I'm in a bed, I'm still going to praise him. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to praise him. I might have a, a lot of difficulty in my life, but that doesn't dictate my happiness and my blessedness. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I am blessed at church, and I'm blessed on my job. I'm blessed when I'm going and when I'm coming. I'm blessed. I'm not saying that I'm successful in the eyes of the world, but I'm blessed. Blessed. Lord, help us to see that. Blessed. The ones who are blessed are the ones who know real kingdom happiness. Real real blessings come from the Father above. Not from people. If you're waiting for people to fulfill you, you're going to be waiting all your life. If you're waiting for your husband or wife to fulfill you, you're going to be waiting for all your marriage. If you're waiting for something that you, you, you've got a job or something to fulfill you, you'll be waiting for a long time. But if you will turn and say, my hope is in Jesus, he's my source. When I need peace, I get it from him. And I thank the Lord for a good marriage. I thank the Lord for, for having, but my source is not in that relationship. God wants to bless his people. It's obvious. But sometimes his blessings doesn't come through the normal, carnal, 
human concepts. God told Abraham, I'll bless you and I'll make you a great nation and you're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless you. Would to the Lord that we would hear the voice of God speak to us in our spirit even now. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. As we sing this song, I'm going to be blessed. Amen. Because he's all around me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. He's to my left and the right. And he's going to bless me for a thousand generations. Should the Lord tarry a thousand generations in your family. Amen. You can claim the blessings of God in their life. Hey, hey, hey. Don't just think, well, this is just for me and it's going to stop here. No, it's not going to just stop. Not going to stop with me. It's going to go to my grandkids. It's going to go to their grandkids and their grandkids in the name of Jesus. I claim it for my family no matter what the world does no matter where the world goes no matter how bad it gets blessed I'm blessed the psalmist wrote a prophetic word from the Lord it said the Lord shall bless thee out of Zion and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life the Lord's going to bless you out of MPC the Lord's going to bless you because you come here not because I'm pastor, but because God's here. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. Who thought this is going to show up on a Tuesday night and we sing one song and the Holy Ghost falls and moves on us. And, and if you left here, if you leave here without getting something, my, don't, don't do that. Stay until you do because it's a blessed place to be in the house of God. It's a blessed place to be in the house of the Lord. You'll be blessed out of Zion. You're going to be blessed because you go to church. You ought to be blessed because you attend an apostolic church. You're going to be blessed in your life Amen. as we embark on a hundred and nine years. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You'll be blessed. The writer of Proverbs says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. It addeth no sorrow. Hallelujah. In Numbers the Lord said to Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse my people, for they are blessed. I don't care what strategy hell has, I'm blessed. It doesn't matter what attack comes against your mind. Go back to the attitude and say, this is my attitude, I'm blessed. Oh, yes, I just got hit with a big bill. I'm blessed. Oh, this has happened to me. I'm blessed. My body is suffering from this, but I'm blessed. You will go a lot farther in the kingdom with an attitude of I am blessed than you are going to go with woe is me. Woe is me. Don't have time for that. Hallelujah. My people are blessed. Let's look at some things that tell us the people of God and who they are and how they are blessed. Who is it that God blesses? Exodus 32, 29. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourself today in the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Do you know who the blessings are for? Those that consecrate themselves to God. Those that commit themselves to the Lord, those that are all in, God knows it. 
He knows it. He knows if my heart's half-hearted towards him or if I'm all in. He says, I'll bless those that consecrate themselves to the Lord, dedicate themselves, devote themselves to the Lord. And then we find in 2 Samuel 6 and 11, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And look at this, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Why? The closer you get to the presence of God and the closer you stay to the presence of God, you will be blessed. That's why I need to be in prayer in my own life and I need to be in prayer at the MPC and I need to worship in my own life and, but I need to worship with my brothers and sisters because the closer I get to God, the more I'll be blessed. The more I will be blessed. If you, if you want, you can look at all the negative things that's happening in your life. You can look at all the bad stuff that has happened in your life and even happening now. And you can say, woe is me. Or you can say, I'm flipping my attitude. I'm changing my attitude. And I'm going to look at the blessing. I'm going to find the blessing. The world... Is it, the world is upset and angry because they can't see the blessing. But oh, thanks be to God, somebody that could say, my day's going to be okay because I'm blessed. I am going to make it through this mess because I am blessed. I am blessed. Would you lift your hands and thank the Lord for his blessing today? Hallelujah. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. In Psalm 34 and 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. If I trust him, I'm blessed. If I trust him, I'm blessed. Say that. If I trust him, I'm blessed. Woo! If I put it in his hands, I'm blessed. I want this. I want this blessing. Well, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Sister Gill was, was, was diagnosed with lung cancer, the Lord gave her one word, just one word, and that word was trust. Trust. If you have nothing else to hold on to, hold on to the one that is faithful. Trust, 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 trust. Praise be to God. Blessed. Those that trust the Lord are blessed. In Psalm 89 and 15, blessed is the people that knoweth the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. You know what the joyful sound is here? Worshippers. Worshippers are going to be blessed. Worshippers are going to be blessed. If you're a worshiper, you're automatically blessed. Why not, then why not worship the Lord a little bit more? Why not praise him a little bit more? Why not lift your voice a little bit louder? Hallelujah. Wave your hand a little bit harder. Jump up down a little bit more. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. If I worship him, I'm blessed. They know the joyful song. Blessed, 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 blessed. Worshippers are blessed. Those that love the house of the Lord will be blessed. Psalm 84 and 4. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who pass through the valley of Baca, the bitterness, the trial of Baca, 
and they turn around and make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Do you see what blessed people do? They go into the wilderness and come out with leaving pools and, yeah. and fountains and, and, and the goodness of God in their wake. Praise be to God. I'm blessed. If you love the house of the Lord, you're blessed. If you love this church, your local family, you're blessed. If you love those we fellowship with, whether they belong to one organization or not, it, it doesn't matter. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're blessed. Love the house of God. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 17, those that receive the revelation are blessed because the Lord said, who do you think I am? And Simon responds, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed. Blessed. Art thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. If you get a revelation of who Jesus is, if you get a revelation from this word and it comes alive, for years people wanted to be relevant. We don't need to be relevant, we need revelation, because revelation will always keep you relevant. So when, when the word, have you ever read something and it just come alive, come alive? I remember as a child the first time that I understood the revelation of, of God and who God is and the oneness of God. When, when, I, when I first understood it, it wasn't because my dad indoctrinated me. It was because it was a revelation because here's what I did when I was a teenager. I began to seek the Lord for myself. And I said this in my prayer to the Lord as a young 15, 16-year-old boy, I said, Lord, if I can stand on it, I'll believe it. But if it crumbles under my feet, I don't care if my dad doesn't believes that. I'm not going to receive it because I need to stand on something. I need to stand on a revelation, amen, of who you are and know. Can you remember the first time that you got a revelation and you saw God and it opened up your eyes? You know what the Lord is saying? That's the person I bless. If you'll receive my revelation and accept my revelation, I am going to bless you. You're going to be blessed. Jesus preaches this message in the backdrop of a multitude. A lot of folks are there. But if you notice, he addresses his disciples. The others are just kind of like, okay, you're going to be here. This message isn't for you, but you get the, you get the benefit. You know, just kind of the crumbs that come over the top there. Uh, they were living in a world of great persecution. They were under the tyranny and occupation of Rome. Taxes consumed one-third of their income. Yet Jesus says, this is your attitude to have. According to Luke, racial prejudice was prevalent. Slavery was rampant. Approximately three slaves to every free man. Jesus preaches this message. The Jewish zealots proclaim, don't worry about your inner life. Let's fight with military might. 
Jesus said, wait a second. There is an attitude that you need to have. They're called be attitudes. The Pharisees focused on external righteousness and, and appearance. The, the Pharisees were the first cancel culture that I know. Because they didn't, they, anybody that they didn't agree with, cancel. Cancel you. Knock you down. That's the kind of spiritual hierarchy that was there. The message on the mount comes in the times of trouble and trial and test. And yet the Lord said, you can do this. You can do this. You can live this. As a matter of fact, that toward the end of this sermon, he says, be ye perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. That sounds crazy, but what they didn't understand is that in Acts 2, there was going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon people so that they could mature and be perfect. Amen. What a blessing. We find that the setting before us, if you go back to Matthew 4, you will find that Jesus had gone through the wilderness and temptation, and then he come out preaching and declaring, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message of Jesus continues the same message that John the Baptist preached, repent, for the kingdom is coming. Repentance, brothers and sisters, is, is a prerequisite to the blessing. You can't have the fulfillment of a beatitude without repentance. That's why I need to go back to the chapter before and see what he's talking about. But also, it's very important to see in Matthew chapter 4 and 23, the verses before this, what is happening before this grand event is, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. How did he get a crowd? Because they were having miracles. Because he was teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the kingdom. And verse 24 says, And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that was taken with divers disease and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. Miracles. Wow. That word spread. Got anybody sick? Take them to Jesus. You got a lunatic in your family? Take them to Jesus. That, that pause was intentional. You, you have those that need to be healed, take them to Jesus. And, and verse 25 says, And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from the Capolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. He's like a magnet to all these people that hear about the sensation of miracles, signs, and wonders. And man, who wants to go see that? I want to go see that. If it had been today, they would have been flying from Paris and America, and they'd be flying from all over, going to go, go see that. And so when they all follow him and get to where he's at, he opens up his mouth and says, blessed. Wait just one second. I want healing. I want deliverance. I want the miraculous. I'm obsessed with seeing that. But what Jesus wanted them to understand is that you got to get this so you can have that. 
you need to know what teaching is and what preaching is. The Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus begins to develop kingdom living. This is how you live. This is what you do. This is how, the attitude that you need to have. And I will say this, that the Sermon on the Mount is a far cry from the motiv motivational mumbo-jumbo that comes across a lot of pulpits. People want to be blessed, but on their own term. They want to be blessed, but on their own program. They want to be blessed, but to do it by their own way. But Jesus is saying, if you want to be blessed, you got to follow these principles and be these attitudes. Blessed. <laughs> blessed is more about a person's state of mind than about what you have. It's about the values of the kingdom and the attitudes of Christ. Blessed. It's a state of being. That's why we call them be attitudes. It's a state of being. Praise be to God. Look around. There's a lot of unhappy folks today. But if you know the Lord and you have a be attitude, then you can expect to be blessed. You can be expect to be blessed. There are those today that look at Saul. He's head and shoulders bigger than everyone else. But God didn't look at Saul's appearance. He looked at David's attitude. God looks at your attitude. He looks at my attitude. Amen. The child of God is blessed in spite of our circumstance, in spite of what we're going through, in spite of what we feel. In spite of how you feel, you're blessed. Would you stand with me, please? Blessed. Lord, I claim every blessing, God, but I want to put every attitude that I need to put in place. I need the attitude, Lord, that you have for me. And God, as we study these next few attitudes, Lord Jesus, help us to embrace them so we can embrace the promise that goes with it. We embrace, Lord, the blessings. Jesus, we are not just being so down and out of our world condition, but we thank you, Lord, for blessing. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. I give you praise, Lord, for it. In Jesus' mighty name, blessed. The church is blessed. The church is blessed. The church is blessed. The church is blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Praise. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you encourage you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.